Hello, Tea Crew, and welcome to a brand new episode of Tea Talk with Shah. Today, we're going to be talking about all the topics all over social media and the internet. And we're also going to be doing a deep dive into Christian Keys, what he revealed, and why he possibly did not name names. You're not going to want to miss this episode. Stay tuned. All right, T-Crew, I'm back. I'm feeling a lot better. My voice is closer to normal. (laughs) So let's get started. So the first topic here, Fantasia kicked out of her Airbnb. Now, this is ridiculous to me because Fantasia is starring in the new movie, Color Purple. She is a huge star in her own right, even before Color Purple, but now especially um, being picked to be in this revival of the movie that turned into a play that now is going to be a movie again. And she's played this role on Broadway for many, many years before she was picked to do it in the film version. And she explains how she had a small birthday party for her son. Now, I understand that Airbnb now has a policy where there is no parties whatsoever. There used to be different rentals and different homes that would allow you to have parties and allow you to rent the space for parties. But now Airbnb across the board because of damage, loss, theft, etc. They have made it so there is no parties whatsoever in the Airbnb. However, if you get a big enough space, you can of course invite other people to come share the space with you, not in a party, but more like a get together type situation. So her son's birthday was mid-December and she rented out the space for her son to celebrate his birthday with a couple close friends. She said it was no more than six kids there and, you know, they didn't have a DJ. They didn't have any loud music. They're all gamers, actually. And they rented out a gaming truck, which I guess I don't even know what that is. Um, I'm sure the parents know. I guess it's something where it pulls up to your house and the kids can go inside and game in there, I guess, with the cool gaming chairs and whatever other things. But the point being that none of these activities were making a lot of noise or causing a lot of activity, right, in the neighborhood. So the neighbors then go ahead and call the cops, you know, call disturbance, da 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 Um, and Airbnb, of course, does not stand by her as the renter and she's asked to leave the property early. And I just feel like this happens with so many black groups. It's like every time you get a Verbo or an Airbnb, you wonder how the neighborhood will react because you're renting a home from an individual who wants to rent their home out. You paid the fee, everything is fine. And then it's just like the surrounding neighbors, if they have a problem with you being there, most of the time, just because you're black or of color or whatever, they will call the cops and Airbnb does not stand by and really like, you know, provide their renters any protection. It's like if Fantasia Barino, now Fantasia Taylor, can't get you guys to understand this is just a small birthday party for her son. How does that make the rest of us feel? You know what I mean? Like how can the rest of us go on to rent homes? And it's just annoying. I just feel like that's something that should be discussed with the homeowner and their neighbors 
before the rentals begin versus people just calling the cops on people all the time. Like it's, it's utterly ridiculous. And then for the cops to come and not even assess the situation, just be like, well, we've gotten several complaints, so we need you to leave the rental. Like it's just bogus. I, I just hate that for us. Um, I'm so excited for Fantasia, definitely in her next era of her career with the color purple. And, you know, we wish her all the success, but I had to bring that up because I'm like, I am just so, it's so common and I'm just so sick of it. It's like, if you don't want black people renting or you feel it's a neighborhood that is not going to be able to be accepting of other people coming into the neighborhood, with all due respect, don't rent your home. Because this is happening with Swimbly as well. Swimbly is like an app that allows you to use people's pools over the summer. And you just go, basically, they give you the passcode to their backyard or whatever. And you can just rent their pool for a number of hours. And people were calling the cops on groups with Swimbly too. So it's just, you know, a hit after hit for our community, honestly. Um, but you know what? F it, we ball. <laughs> But shout out to Fanny and everything that she's going through. I hope her son still had a decent birthday. I mean, and not to mention it was for her kid, you know? So she had to pack up her kid and his friends and the embarrassment that that brings, you know? It's just sad and sick. And I hope we get better (laughs) as a society. All right, let's move on to the next topic here. Pink Friday 2 goes number one. Um, Shout out to Nicki Minaj and the Barbs. Pink Friday 2 did go number one with 92,000 in pure sales and millions and millions and millions more streams. And this included her vinyls, the calendars, all these things. Um, And of course, you know, in true Nicki Minaj fashion, she can't enjoy her Pink Friday weekend on a high note. She had to take time to poke fun at Cardi B and Offset's split posting pictures of Michael Jackson, because we all know Offset has an obsession with Michael Jackson and other little subs that she was posting. First of all, congratulations to the queen of rap. I think Nicki Minaj has solidified herself to be the queen of rap. Um, But I will say it's just like, it just speaks so much volume about her character that she's not able to just enjoy the win. Like she has to always be. That's why when I posted it on our Instagram page, Shout out to our Instagram page, She Talk With Sha, and our Facebook page, too. Um, When I reposted that she went number one, I was just like, Queen Petty, because her last name, her married last name is Petty, but it's just like, she will not miss an opportunity to be Petty, even in her winning era, you know what I mean? Um, And so I'm like, you know, I did enjoy the album. You guys know I did a full album review uh, like when the album came out like a week and a half ago. So if you haven't listened to that, go listen to that for my opinions on the album. Um, but generally I did like it, but I just, I don't know. It's just something about Nikki's behavior that I just don't F with. You know what I mean? And Barb's don't kill me because I understand that that's your queen and you know, y'all love her and the things that she does. And you feel like she was blackballed. So she deserves her opportunity to, you know, carry on however she wants to carry on. But this has nothing to do with Cardi B and Offset. This has everything to do with your moment, what you're doing with the Barb's, your deluxe um, album that's going to come out. And it just, you know, to get this many, like 92K in pure sales without a video is any type of videos or visuals is wild. Now she did do a press tour 
But, you know, this release was basically carried off the backs of the barbs for sure. Um, I will definitely give them that. They carried that. Also, you know, there was some discrepancies and, you know, basically <laughs> Billboard slapping her on the wrist for doing her normal shenanigans. We all know Nicki Minaj will go on live for her barbs in private spaces and offer people money that, you know, can show proof that they bought the album. She did this with Super Freaky Girl and she did it again with this album. Now, I don't know if this will cause problems for her later with Billboard when they go to calculate total sales and things like that because Billboard did post that she is no longer allowed to have any more contests where she is offering to, you know, shout people out or give a special message or anything like that when people show proof that they bought the album. Like that is enticement for sales and enticement for sales is not allowed where Billboard is concerned. So don't kill me, Barb. So I'm not trying to say that this is how she made all of her numbers because 92K is a lot. Like this, she would have been working from the day that the album dropped until like next week to be able to really make that many sales based off this um, sweepstakes or whatever that she was doing on her lives. However, that kind of enticement is definitely not allowed for Billboard. So she has to, you know, kind of, Keep that in mind on her next album release. Hopefully it doesn't cause any problems for her eligibility and stuff like that when it comes to sales, because in many ways that is cheating. Um, and I, I think that, you know, we can all understand that that's just not fair, <laughs> but congratulations to her on a number one album. This is her fifth studio album, by the way. All right, let's get into the next topic here. Anita Baker goes off in Houston. So Anita Baker has been really kicking up on these tours lately. First, it was kicking Babyface off her tour. And now it's her fans allegedly being too close to her taking pictures and videos. So over the weekend, Anita Baker went to Houston to a really sold, you know, a big sold out performance. She goes to sing and I guess she's irritated and there was people in the front row of her concert that were taking videos and pictures of her performance. And she felt like the flash in her face was honestly too much. And she began to ask security to kick these people out. Now, we've seen this happen with several other performers. They want people to just enjoy their performances versus taking selfies with the stage, taking videos and stuff like that. Listen, you performers have to understand, and I just got to be real with you. You know, I love you, Anita. You are one of the living legends out here, you know, making classic after classic after classic. And I definitely respect your craft. But at the end of the day, you have to understand we are in a silent depression right now. People can't even afford food. People can't afford gas. People can't afford to make their kids a beautiful Christmas this year. And these are some of the same people that are sacrificing to go see your concerts. You have to let them rock. I mean, if I paid a certain amount to be on the floor, especially in the front row, if I want to get up there and take a video and have a like camcorder from the 90s, and start recording you. That's my business. <laughs> At the end of the day, I paid to see a show. If you don't want flash photography allowed, that's something that you have to put in the ticket and you have to set that up way before the day of the show. You cannot let people come in 
and have expectations of getting videos and photos of you because they're so close. And then you want to complain and have them removed from the stadium. Like that is completely inappropriate. Listen, you have to be respectful of the audience because at the end of the day, you all are performers, you're beautiful musicians, you've made hits over the years, you're still making hits, but you have to respect the fans that got you there because these are your diehard fans. Your front row is your diehard fans. Like you be a fool to disrespect your diehard fans like the way that she did in her concert. I guess I'll just leave it at that. All right, let's get into this next topic here. Uh, Quad kicked off Married to Medicine and the group trip. Now, this is crazy because we have to rewind a little bit. In the beginning of the season, Quad talked about production not having her back and not really being there for her as it relates to having her ex-husband, Greg's new wife, on the show, right? So Married to Medicine cast Greg back on the show um, now that he is getting remarried to someone else. And Quad was also cast on the show. And she feels like that was insensitive of production to cast him um, and his new wife. But it is called Married to Medicine. And it just, you know, that is what people wanted. Now, the numbers in the beginning of the season because of this and Phaedra Parks joining the cast were significantly higher than we've seen for Married to Medicine. So having Quad on the show with her ex-husband's new wife obviously kicked up the drama a notch and it had new viewers coming to the show. So now we're almost mid-season, I guess, still like more so the beginning of the season, but it's revealed why Quad did not film the entire season. Now, people were wondering, you know, did she get fed up with Sweet Pea? Like, did she get fed up with Greg or the other cast members seemingly not wanting to film with her or whatever the case may be? So she was actually, this is the last episode that she'll be on, the episode that aired on Sunday. And then she sat down with Carlos King in an an exclusive. Shout out to him, by the way. I know I say that all the time, but just to be able to do the type of interviews that he does and, you know, have the questions be answered and really sit down with these women and men um, that everybody is interested in and kind of just having his finger to the pulse of like who he should interview next as in, you know, as things come up or whatever in pop culture, in current topics, who's trending, you know what I mean? It's hard to get hit after hit after hit. And he seems to be doing that. So anyway, Shout out to him. Um, So Quad goes on his podcast and she just talks about how she was completely iced out by the cast. The cast did not want to film with her and she was asked to leave the group trip for lack of accountability. Um, And now she really understands where Mariah Hub was coming from when Mariah was asked to not come back to the show that she created and executive produces. I really feel like this is a misstep for Married to Medicine. I've always enjoyed Married to Medicine. I always love to see the black doctors um, of of Atlanta uh, basically just showing another way of life in Atlanta. I always enjoyed watching that. But I truly think this is a misstep on their part. I don't think that Quad is 100% innocent in this situation. I think we've talked about it before on the podcast, but you know, when things were going well for her, when she was on Sister Circle and she was getting rid of Greg and she felt like her life was on the upswing, 
you know, she did kind of step away from the women. But quad is quintessential married to medicine. You can't have married to medicine without quad. You really can't have married to medicine without Mariah either. And we want Mariah back. But as far as getting rid of both of them and having the rest of them carry the cast, I'm like, I really don't see it. Like, for that matter, as much as I didn't really like her, I kind of miss Contessa a little bit. I think Contessa was fine, you know, as far as being on the show. But to have an OG kind of get kicked out because people want to hang out with Sweet Tea doesn't make sense. And I know there's more to it, but it's just like we have the serious doctors, no offense to the show, the other women on the show, but we have the serious doctors. We have the Dr. Jackies, the Dr. Simones, you know, that are really focused on their practices. So they come and kick it up with the mess every now and then. But for the most part, they're not engaging. So we need the Dr. Heavenlies, the Quads, the Mariahs you know, to really keep the show going. We have Phaedra Parks, but she hasn't shown the guy that she's dating that's a doctor. So she's basically just like a friend of. If Married to Medicine could have friends of, that's what Phaedra would be. And y'all know that's hard for me to say because I love me some Phaedra Parks. I love her down. But her not showing her fiance or not fiance, her boyfriend or whoever she's seeing that's a doctor, it's called Married to Medicine. We need to see who you're, like, yet you're at least with somebody that's in medicine and you won't show the person. So I'm like, at this point, Phaedra, like, I love you, but I can't, you know, I love you, but I can't. But anyway, you know, I think this is a misstep for Quad, for them to get rid of Quad. Um, hopefully they can reconcile this in the next season and that she'll still be included in, in the, um, reunion. Oh, excuse me. So she can speak her truth in the reunion and, you know, just say what she needs to say. But honestly, I don't know. It's like we have a good thing going now and the formula is just getting jacked up. Like we're not asking for much. Bring back Mariah and keep the cast as is. Make these girls film with quad the way that production, you know, you can, you know, they're talking about, oh, the girl, the ladies are icing out um quad like please just stop because if it was any other time you would force the women to be together so force them to be together now get this stuff out and get this out in the open whatever the issues are accountability whatever whatever and let's get this money like I don't understand it (laughs) I don't understand it because you know what Next thing you know, everybody's ha ha he he good for quad. She had this coming. This gonna be a shots of sunset, and y'all are gonna be mad. Okay, if we don't stand up for quad now, I feel like this is gonna be a shots of sunset situation where Bravo goes ahead, cites low ratings, and cancels the show. So keep on, keep playing. We got to stand up for quad now because more people didn't stand up for Mariah, and she is definitely missed on the show. Just saying. All right, let's get into that. I'm so serious about these topics. Guys, I'm so serious about these topics. All right, let's get into the next one here. Drake subs Metro Boomin about his album, Heroes and Villains, and uh, Drake's album, Her Lost, with 21 Savage. So Drake did an album with 21 Savage called Her Lost, where he talks about I think that was the album that he like sneak dissed Megan Thee Stallion and stuff like that. Like it was just a lot for black women. Like he just attacked. I think he also went after Rihanna in that album too. He's just one to always attack black women. And, you know, let me just say this before I get into this topic. It pains me to see Drake going down so bad because 
I know he's famous. I know people love him. He's probably the biggest male rapper out right now. I don't care. In my opinion, he's going down bad. When he first came out, he was such a sensitive rapper, like a rapper that was really in tune with his feelings. He had been hurt. He was like going through stuff with his mother's health. Um, But just overall, like it was very melodic. It was very like, I don't know. I mean, a lot of people might have not um, identified with it in the beginning, but I really enjoyed his music, like brand new, especially. And then like that whole first mixtape, it was just like, wow, like this is the new era of rap. You know what I mean? Like this is the new thing that is really going to kick it off. And when he got signed to Lil Wayne and Young Money and, um, you know, the whole thing, I was just like, wow, like he's really blowing up. Like it's basically the whole situation of when somebody's indie and independent and doing their own thing and how you really like them and then they go mainstream and you just can't stand them and they give you the ick. That's basically how I feel about Drake. And it's just sad for me to see him go down bad like this, but he's, in my opinion, going down bad. Anywho, um, so he got into a Metro Boomin. Metro Boomin made a Twitter comment, which I feel a lot of artists feel that he made an amazing album with heroes and villains. And it really was a great album, but he feels as though it's not receiving the recognition that it's due, um, on the award stages. I don't think he was nominated for any Grammys or anything like that. Um, or even like American music awards or anything. So he's like, it's an amazing album. It's a great piece of work. I'm really proud of it. But at the end of the day, her loss is what's nominated. Her loss is what will be celebrated when award season comes around in February and March. So Drake took this as, you know, an offense. And he just started talking about, you know, don't sub me and blah, blah, blah. My album, this, my album, that. First of all, Drake, you're the one who was pulling your records from the Grammys when they put you in pop categories, they wouldn't put you in the rap category and stuff like that. So for Hotline Bling, you were pulling out your records left and right for the Grammys because you didn't feel like the categories they put you in were appropriate. So you've gone back and forth with this as well as far as different um, platforms and different awards not giving you your flowers in the way that you would want them to. So let's not sit here and pretend like you haven't. You know what I mean? So it's just, I don't know. He's just always somewhere in the Turks and Caicos drinking and having bad takes, in my opinion. He need to live he needs to leave black women alone before he's in those little shows rapping to himself. And quiet as it's kept, people said those tours were boring. That's what I heard. That's the world on the curb. That you were just standing there. Special guests came out was like the only thing people were looking forward to because you were just standing there or sitting on a couch next to a hologram or picking up bras from the stage. And it was not an exciting tour at all. That's what the streets are saying, Drake. Take it up with the streets because you know I wasn't paying to go see that. Anyway, let's get into this last time. She's sassy today. Let's get into this last topic. Bad Bunny and Kendall Jenner break up. And to this news, I say finally. Now, y'all know I love love and I love to see couples come together. And it's like one of my favorite things. 
But when it comes to these two, I am sincerely over it. We love Bad Bunny. We love him. We love his gender fluidity. We love his concepts, his music videos, his groundbreaking music and film career that's crossing over into the Latin and American markets. We're here for it. He's a global, international superstar. Not to mention, he is very handsome and, you know, the perfect eye candy to look at on a Saturday afternoon. Let's just be honest. So when he hooked up with her, I was just like, no, no, no. Like the Kardashian curse is real. You see what happens to these men. Every single one of them, Travis Scott, Astroworld, um, Tristan Thompson, I mean, he basically did to himself, but just completely off-kilter human, okay? Then we have Kanye West, no said. And it's like Chris Humphreys can't even get free from, I think he was like suing her or something like that for like unpaid wages for doing Keeping Up With The Kardashians and not getting paid for that season or whatever. Every single man that come man that comes into that orifice, cursed. And we don't want that for Bad Bunny. So I'm glad he was able to get out pretty much unscathed. Move on to one of these beautiful models. I could definitely see him dating. Well, I guess Kendall's a model too, but I could see him dating one of these like gorgeous, like supermodel type women. You know what I mean? Somebody who's going to be there, support him, post cute pics on Instagram, but not ruin his life. We don't want to see that. That's not what we want to see. I definitely don't want to see that. So, you know, best of luck to both of them. They're both obviously very young. We'll meet other people, yada, yada, yada. But, you know, protect Bad Bunny at all costs. I'm sorry. I said what I said. (laughs) All right. This has been this week's trending topic. Stay tuned for our sports report. Hello, hello, hello out there. And welcome to the sports update with J-Rob. Today I'll be covering week 15 of the NFL regular season. So, Let's get started. The Baltimore Ravens defeated the Jacksonville Jaguars. Ravens quarterback Lamar Jackson threw for 171 yards and one touchdown and ran for 97 yards. The Detroit Lions blew out the Denver Broncos. Lions quarterback Jared Goff completed 24 passes for 278 yards and five touchdowns. The Indianapolis Colts defeated the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Colts' defense shut out the Steelers' offense in the second half. The Cincinnati Bengals beat the Minnesota Vikings. Bengals kicker Evan McPherson kicked the game-winning field goal in overtime. The Las Vegas Raiders embarrassed the LA Chargers. The Raiders led 42-0 at the half and cruised to victory. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers defeated the Green Bay Packers. The Buccaneers outscored the Packers 21-10 in the second half. The Carolina Panthers beat the Atlanta Falcons. The Panthers won their second game of the year with the victory. The New Orleans Saints defeated the New York Giants. New Orleans Saints quarterback Derek Carr completed 23 passes for 218 yards and three touchdowns. The Miami Dolphins shut out the New York Jets. Dolphins running back Raheem Mostert scored his 19th touchdown of the season to break the Dolphins' single-season touchdown record. 
the Kansas City Chiefs beat the New England Patriots with the victory. The Chiefs snapped a two-game losing streak. The Cleveland Browns defeated the Chicago Bears. Browns wide receiver Amari Cooper caught four passes for 109 yards and one touchdown. The Houston Texans beat the Tennessee Titans. Texans running back Devin Singletary carried the ball 26 times for 121 yards. The Buffalo Bills embarrassed the Dallas Cowboys. Bills running back James Cook carried the ball 25 times for 179 yards and one touchdown. The LA Rams beat the Washington Commanders. Rams running back Kyron Williams carried the ball 27 times for 152 yards and one touchdown. And finally, the San Francisco 49ers stomped the Arizona Cardinals. 49ers quarterback Brock Purdy completed 16 passes for 242 yards and four touchdowns. And this has been the Sports Update with J-Rob. Have an amazing week. All right, T-Crew. Now we're going to be getting into a more serious topic for the deep dive. And I will issue a trigger warning here at the top. This deep dive will contain discussions of essay and harassment um, of a sexual nature. So if this is not something that you want to listen to or, you know, ponder with me, I completely understand. Next week, I promise to have something lighter and more fun for the deep dive. So we will be mixing it up. Um, but today's topic will be uh, heavy in nature. So I just want to put a trigger warning up here at the top for anyone listening. All right. So let's get into this difficult topic because it needs to be discussed. Today, we are going to be talking about the alleged sexual assault and sexual harassment of Christian Keys. Now, Christian Keys basically did the live heard around the world this weekend when he went live on his social media platforms and let people know that he is a victim of sexual harassment and attempted sexual assault by a powerful man in the entertainment and film industry. Now, he didn't go on to name this person or persons, but in the almost hour long or a little bit over hour long um, live, he talks about two men um, specifically. And then he also talks about a woman accuser um, that basically harassed him on set that they were working together on set. Now, this was such a polarizing topic, I think, because so many people know Christian Keys for working with film mogul and billionaire Tyler Perry. Now, Christian never called Tyler by name, but the things that he was saying inside of the live led people to believe that he was speaking about him. There was many things, but we'll go through a couple of them. So the first is the 15-year working relationship. Now, Christian Keys started his career doing plays, stage plays, and stuff like that. So, of course, it's only natural that his paths would cross with Tyler Perry, for those that don't know, or you might be a little younger. Tyler Perry started off in the stage play space before he got into movies and TV shows and things like that. So this would line up with a timeline that would, you know, lend itself to people assuming or thinking that it is Tyler Perry. 
There's another person that people have been speculating could be the person that he is referring to in some of these instances, and that's Robert F. Smith. Robert F. Smith is a producer and a billionaire as well, which is another um, detail that Christian Keys gave about the powerful men that had sexually harassed him. And both um, Tyler and uh, Robert are both millionaires, I'm sorry, billionaires, oops, (laughs) in their own right. So these are two people that, you know, the public is pointing to that may have been included in the situation that he's talking about. But more than naming names, I think that it was just a little disheartening for me to see people come at him and accuse him of, you know, wanting a cash grab or being complicit in his own harassment. I think when men are sexual assault victims or um, harassment victims, it's a lot harder for them to speak up because immediately people began to question his sexuality. Now, Christian Keys has never displayed anything other than an interest in women you know and like I always say not that it's our business because I just feel like these little petty things are just so ridiculous that people focus on them so much like whether his sexuality is whatever his sexuality could be it doesn't change the fact that he felt sexually harassed and you know there was attempted sexual assault on his person. Like, it just doesn't matter what his sexuality is, but as soon as somebody comes out and says they've been harassed by another man, if, you know, they are male and male presenting, then everyone just assumes or jumps to the fact that this person could be homosexual. But my question is, does it matter? If you have unwanted sexual attention coming to you, especially in the workplace to the point where you cannot adequately do your job without kind of looking over your shoulder, does your sexuality matter? It makes me think about, you know, women who may be interested in other women, maybe lesbians or whatever, they can still be sexually harassed. You don't have to be interested in the opposite sex to be sexually harassed. So that was the first thing. That was disheartening. And then the amount of people that were like, spill, 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 spill. Like, this is this man's life. If he's not ready to name names yet, to sit there and discount his experience because he won't put a name out there, just telling what he has told thus far is probably going to ruin his career. Um, from all accounts, right? Even if he's not talking about Tyler, even if he's not talking about Robert, whoever this person is has the power to end his career. Um, and this person probably knows who they are at this point, I'm sure. So they could already be working through channels to, you know, ruin him and everything that he has, you know, worked this hard for in his career to be able to build up. Um, I don't know. It's just, I wish we could offer support to people without making it so salacious. I know everybody's was like jaws dropped when they saw the live. I know mine did because let's face it, you see Christian Keys, you're thinking about Tyler Perry. You know, you're thinking about Tyler Perry Studios and all the Queen's Men and Mama I Want to Sing and like all the plays and stuff that he's ever done with him. So it's just like you 
just immediately snap into powerful man, billionaire. I also feel like um, when Tyler Perry put out his documentary, Maxine's Baby, and people really got to see all of his accomplishments and everything that he's done, everything he's been able to do with Tyler Perry Studios um, in Georgia, and it just kind of being, you know, a celebratory moment for him to think about somebody who possibly allegedly, don't sue me, um, was, you know, harassed and abused by this person to see this kind of come out and play out in a documentary must have been sickening. And, you know, Christian also said he was inspired by Cassie. And this is some of the things that we talked about when I talked about the Cassie and Diddy case that Cassie was going to inspire a movement. And I think we've seen Cassie do that with her filing. And I know a lot of people are saying, you know, because she took the deal in 24 hours and she settled in 24 hours, Cassie still set the tone and it completely canceled Diddy. You know what I'm saying? She didn't go for the jugular as far as going into the courtroom, you know, having a full trial, giving all the, you know, gruesome details and and having witnesses have to come forward. I mean, she could have really put the nail in the coffin, but what she did in a way sparked a movement to the point where I'm like, I don't know if it could have worked out any better as far as her being able to tell her truth. She had a 36-page indictment with everything that was included in the situation. 18 companies have severed ties from Diddy now. You know, he had to step down from Revolt. He's been disinvited to the Grammys. I mean, it's it's pretty much over. Um, and that was her bravery that did that. And... I think Christian and other people, I'd be interested to see if other men come forward. In Christian's live, he talks about other male victims um, that were, you know, on the payroll, so to speak, that basically were paid by these men or men, one or one or the other, um, allegedly, to to basically do sexual favors for them in exchange for being on the payroll in exchange for money. Um, and I just wonder if any of them will come forward and support Christian in this moment. I did see a lot of black women coming to support Christian in this moment. Claudia Jordan, who was a friend of Christian keys. She spoke up and, um, wrote a lovely message in his comments on the live and several other, um, actors and, um, performers talking about this sensitive topic and, you know, how it needs to be shared more, excuse me. And just in general, just the support of people coming forward, um, which is always beautiful to see people come forward and support other people. But I, you know, it's just sad to see people kind of making like a mockery of him telling his story versus being supportive of whatever he went through and, you know, may still continue to be going through and how this is going to affect his career and his life at this point. You know, I don't know. I just think, you know, overall, when people come out and share this kind of news, the if you can't be supportive at least you could be silent. <laughs> and I'll end it with that. 
If you can't be supportive, the least you could do is be silent. I mean, the disgusting things that were in his comments, people talking about, you know, don't do it and, and, and pray about it and stuff like that. This man has been harassed and we all know prayer changes things, but this man has been harassed. He has been made to feel uncomfortable. He has been looking over his shoulder and now those things are going to get even worse because of the people that are now being associated with his claims, right? Um, so it's it's really not the time to, to do that to someone, in my opinion. Okay, this has been the deep dive. Thank you for listening and stay tuned for our outro comments. All right, T-Crew, this is my least favorite part of the podcast where I have to say goodbye to you all. I just want to thank you all for checking on me last week when I was sick. I really appreciated all the nice messages and thoughts um, while I was getting over a cold. I really appreciated it. Um, And it made me feel so loved that you guys, you know, weren't upset about missing an episode. (laughs) You were just more concerned about my health. So I really appreciate that. As always, you know, the other things you do to help the podcast, sharing the reels, um, listening to the podcast, sharing the podcast with your family and friends. It really helps to grow our little community here at Tea Talk with Shaw. Uh, As always, convict the cops that killed Breonna Taylor. We won't stop until she gets the justice that she rightly deserves. Have a beautiful day or night wherever you are. And I love you for listening. Bye.